Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to the WFAN Baseball Insiders Yankees Spring Training Podcast for Friday, February 26th. Exhibition games are right around the corner. The first one is Sunday when the Yankees take on the Blue Jays. Mike King will get that first starting assignment for the Yankees. It will be a seven-inning game. You can hear it on WFAN and on Radio.com for streaming. You can also see the game on the Yes Network and on the MLB Network on TV. Before the game, Ed Coleman and I will be on live from 9 to uh, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m. We'll preview some Yankees and Mets, have some interesting guests, take your phone calls as well on WFAN. You can hear it, stream it on radio.com as well. As for today, a look at the Yankees infield defense. Glaber Torres is certainly a big part of it, and uh, a lot of the narrative about Torres was from Brian Cashman's comments that last summer camp after the shutdown from the first spring training, Torres didn't report to camp in great shape, and that affected his his play the entire season last year, the entire 60-game season. It was not a strong season. Uh, learning experience, probably, for a guy like Glaber Torres. Remember, he hasn't really had to experience anything like that, and the shutdown was different for a lot of people. Uh, even when Torres got hurt in the 2017 season in the minor leagues, he came back very strong and obviously had a very good 2018 campaign for the Yankees. But uh, the shutdown affected him differently, uh, and he did not report to camp in great shape. Uh, The summer camp and the season showed. So coming into the spring, all reports so far are that he does look good, he's lost some weight, he is in good shape, and we'll see how that plays out as the season goes on. There's really little doubt about Torres' ability to bounce back offensively, kind of wipe away. We've seen the talent kind of wipe away a bad 2020, which several really good players had last season, uh, and you kind of hit reset and uh, find the talent will take over again when he gets into more regular bats in a regular season. But the defense is something that is a question mark simply because you want to see him improve and make 
more consistent plays, or I should say make routine plays more consistently. That's the big thing when you look at Gleyber Torres at shortstop. What is glaring to you is some of the routine plays that don't get made. He certainly has a lot of tools. He can certainly make some really great plays, but the consistency you want from shortstop has been the biggest knock against him. And we'll see if those improvements have been made, if the message has gotten through. It's about concentrating. It's about focus. Um, And it's, uh, it's really about the maturity, the maturation of a young infielder and seeing if he can take that next step. Uh, The Yankees infield defense as a whole, it's not one of their strengths. You know, the Yankees have some strengths. It's a lineup. It's a powerful lineup. Uh, You know, when you think about the weaknesses on this team, you think about their ability to stay healthy. You think about the starting rotation and the Potential is there, but you'd like to feel a little bit more certain with that starting rotation. So those are the things you consider weaknesses on this team. I'd argue that infield defense is one of them, too, and has been for a couple of years. DJ LeMay, who's a really good second baseman, Gio Urshela uh, plays really well at third. But Luke Voigt has had some issues. Glaber Torres has had some issues. And overall, if you look at those four as your infielders, the range isn't fantastic. Um, you have more sure hands in LeMahieu and Urshela than you do in Torres and Voigt. But the range is something that is an issue. And that really, you know, a lot of times we talk about range now. Sometimes you'll say, okay, maybe it's not that important because you shift so much and you change positions so much. Uh, but that puts more of a premium on that kind of work. You have less room for error if you don't have good range from your infielders. So you're relying more on the scouting reports and the positioning. And I don't know if that's a good thing. Sometimes you want to let the athletes take over. Now you're trying to position these guys to make sure, you know, to kind of make up for some of the lack of athleticism they show in the field moving around. And that's one of the things I talked to Carlos Mendoza, the Yankees bench coach and infield coach, about about how positioning has become a lot more important overall, but it is supremely more important when you're talking about a defense that lacks the range compared to maybe some other more athletic infields around the game. This is Yankees bench coach Carlos Mendoza. No doubt about it. Uh, you know, the pregame preparation, scouting other teams, scouting our own guys, pitching staff-wise, the way we're going to attack guys, you know, uh, a lot of video work, you know, reading swings from the other teams, you know, in preparation for series. Uh, and obviously, you know, we move a lot, we shift a lot, but when we do shift, we want to make sure that we have all the information and, 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 and all the data and, 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 and we're reading swings and, and be able to adjust and make, adjust, you know, make adjustments in, in the game from swing to swing, from pitch to pitch. And that's something that we value a lot too. So yeah, positioning, uh, positioning plays a huge role on, uh, with our infield. So that's why, you know, we spend a lot of time on, on our, on our, on our scouting, uh, uh, preparation. Who else is part of the small group that helps determine that with you? Yeah, a uh, few people, uh, but myself, obviously with the pitching coach, uh, Harkey, the bullpen coach, uh, the three of us, obviously with Booney, and just the conversations, whether it's with, you know, uh, the infielders, the starting pitcher, and some of the pitchers, you know, I go back and, 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 and look at history, you know, uh, past two, three years, you know, uh, tendencies, you know, how, you know, the other teams are, are attacking us in, 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 in different type of pitches. So uh, the conversation, obviously, with the pitching coaches, whether it's Matt, whether it's Harkey, Booney, and, and with the players itself. 
and obviously, you know, in-game, you know, adjustment. Those are huge, too, because, you know, runners on base, uh, you know, the guys not executing the pitches uh, that night. So, uh, yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a group effort, but uh, we, have, we have it going real well. Now, as you look at the way the roster is structured right now, DJ LeMahieu might be the Yankees' best, most versatile player because he could spell the infielders at first base and third base. Uh, He could easily give a day off to Urshela. He could easily give a day off to Voigt. And that could impact the way the Yankees' bench is structured. Uh, Think of it this way. If Tyler Wade is the guy that you need to probably be your backup shortstop, do you need another backup infielder, a corner infielder, if DJ LeMahieu is there? Can you then maybe use your bench to have the, add the extra outfielder? Because you have a little bit of a logjam there if you have Brett Gardner, if you have Mike Talkman, if you have your visions on guys like Derek Dietrich or Jay Bruce making this team as non-roster invites. Remember, there are four bench spots ideally. One of them goes to a catcher. One of them we know is going to be Brett Gardner. That leaves two spots. One of them I kind of figure is going to be Tyler Wade. Any of those other guys I mentioned, all fighting for one spot. Jay Bruce came here, signed a minor league deal. Here's what Bruce's view is on what role he's looking towards, working towards earning that spot, and how that his view, his outlook might have changed coming to the Yankees based on Brett Gardner signing. Because remember, uh, Bruce signed his deal to fight for a spot for the Yankees before the Yankees brought Brett Gardner back on a guaranteed major league contract. Here's Jay Bruce on working towards a bench role with the New York Yankees. I view my role as someone who has the ability to play both corners of the outfield, play first base, DH when needed, and um, you know provide the, the left-handed power that you know the Yankees have you know been – Looking for, I guess, and uh, you know, for me, I, I want to be available and um, a viable option at all those positions and all those, you know, all those scenarios, and able to, you know, in order to help. And it's, uh, you know, for me, the reason I chose the Yankees is because I want to win a World Series. I think that if I'm healthy, uh, I'm myself, and I think that's the biggest key. You know, last year I had a couple soft tissue injuries. Uh, the year before, I had kind of a freak. Uh, elbow deal and you know if I'm healthy and I'm on the field yeah I think that my number my track record shows that um, I am a viable option I I can help any team out there you know I'm not sure if it would have affected my decision at all Uh, one thing I will say is I'm excited to finally get to play with Brett Uh, he's someone that I came up with you know kind of playing against and we've been in the big leagues together since 2008 and he's someone that I've always admired Um, you know even you know being an older player, he's stayed in great shape and he's been a productive, extremely productive player and a great Yankee. And so to be on his, you know, that side with him now is something that I, I definitely appreciate and look forward to hopefully, you know, getting to know him a lot better and, and um, you know, gaining a better understanding as to why he is able to stay healthy and do all those things that he's still able to do. Uh, you know, for me, I don't, I don't really get caught up in the fact that, you know, they signed him or, or didn't sign him, um, you know, when, when I signed, it wasn't, that wasn't really important for me. You know, my path I think is maybe a little different than his, as far as, you know, my role on this team. And that's something that I think will all come out in the wash. Um, you know, I know that the whole time that they wanted to sign Brett back and in my opinion, the way I approached it, I assumed that Brett was going to be back here and, and be on a major league guarantee deal. So that wasn't, 
a huge factor in my decision. I think that, um, you know, there's room for both of us on this team. Another guy that I didn't mention that is kind of fighting for time here and fighting for a spot, Miguel Andujar. Remember him? Man, what a fabulous rookie season he had in 2018. But then the injury early in the 2019 season wiped out that whole year. 2020 became a battle because of, well, because of 2020. And it was hard to get him playing time. Uh, He bounced back pretty well physically. Last spring training, the ball was jumping off his bat. Talking to scouts early in the exhibition season, they were watching batting practice. And, you know, I kind of asked them and said, am I, am I making this up? Is, you know, I was expecting maybe a little slower return for Andujar, but it looks like he's taking some of the best batting practice out there. And they all agreed that Andujar looked really good. And we were kind of looking forward to what he could do the rest of the spring. Well, the rest of the spring never materialized. The playing time never materialized, in part because it's gotten harder to find Miguel Andujar a place to play in the field. Gio Urshela took his spot at third. Uh, We saw him play some outfield with not great results, but he's trying. He's putting in the work out there. But again, you know, Earlier, I just ran down the list of outfielders the Yankees have, and uh, it's hard to crack that lineup. So here's Aaron Boone on how Miguel Andujar looks so far and if he can still be a factor on this team. Yeah, good. I mean, he's going to get a lot of opportunity to play here early and hopefully you know, get consistent reps and, and kind of build some momentum. I think we all understand what he's capable of. Um, you know, it's you, you got to just – take advantage of opportunities and and certainly here in spring training there'll be plenty of those and and hopefully we can um you know help him really get ready for the season and then how things break or where opportunities exist you know it's about capitalizing on those but we we certainly know what Maggie's capable of and uh you know hopefully he can get um some good regular reps and and build some real good momentum down here in tampa there's an old saying in baseball about finding at bats for finding a place to play if the guy can hit. Is that a little bit more of a challenge when you've got a lineup as deep as yours? Yeah, I mean when we're all healthy and obviously if we're you know able to knock on wood, stay healthy and break camp, sure. I mean you know you can um, look at our personnel, but but Maggie's very much you know you know in that mix and and I think. A, a proven track record of a an elite season under his belt, um, and we understand that that's still very much in there. So it's really just about you know taking advantage of different opportunities. We've seen that happen, you know, over the last couple of years. Over last season with a, with Clint Frazier, and uh, you know, so I, I'm not going to put anything past Miggy because of the talent. Carlos Mendoza, who you heard from earlier, is also the Yankees' infield coach and spent a lot of time working with Miguel Andujar in the 2018 season, trying to improve his infield defense, um, and then again uh, in 2019 before the uh, before the shutdown, so or before the injury shutdown, and then obviously last year was a was a shutdown. So getting harder to figure out where Miguel Andujar can play, uh, but again. Just like Aaron Boone, Carlos Mendoza is a big fan and still believes in the presence and the talent of Andujar. We know what type of player Miguel could be. You know, obviously two years ago and the, the, the type of the type of season that he had for us. And unfortunately, he went down and you know had the surgery. But uh, he got back last year. Was up and down. Was very difficult. No doubt about it. It was a hard year for him. But as a coach, as a coaching staff, you know, we just got to stay positive with him. You know, making sure that he's getting his work in in every position and and having him ready when his name's uh, is called. Same way uh, this year, he he came in. 
you know, being back the, the same Miggy smile on his face. And there's one thing that, that he can control is the, the, the way he goes out and play and performs, you know, uh, you know, and, and, and let the people that makes decision uh, make those decisions. But our job is to prepare him and, 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 and stay, in, stay positive with him. So we'll see how this bench really shapes up for the Yankees and what they're really looking for. Uh, if they take an extra outfielder, and remember, I haven't mentioned Mike Talkman. Here's a guy whose presence, you know, the Yankees have really liked the last couple of years. Minor league options will play into this. You know who else's name I haven't mentioned? Mike Ford. Going back to my comment about DJ LeMayu, if he can play first and third, do you need Mike Ford? He does have minor league options remaining. Not a lot of these guys do. So that could be a strike against Ford earning a spot. But the Yankees are going to have some decisions to make with these outfielders. How many they want to carry? Uh, in addition to Brett Gardner, how many other extra outfielders are, going, are they going to carry? And remember, Giancarlo Stanton is only a DH. He's an outfielder in name. He's an outfielder technically and might see some time out there. But ideally, you're going to limit his time in the outfield. So... That's a roster spot, and you do add 26 this year instead of 25, but it's still a spot that it doesn't offer as much versatility. And again, thank goodness, DJ LeMahieu offers them a lot of versatility. Maybe we'll see that come into play uh, during the season and how the Yankees structure their roster. Uh, That's it for today. Uh, We'll have more coming at you on Saturday. And remember, Sunday, uh, Ed Cole and I will be on the air, 9 a.m. to 1 p.m., previewing some Yankees and Mets on WFAN. And um, that'll be up, uh, part of that will be up as the podcast as well. If you're new here, if you want to tell your friends, you can catch us on the WFAN.com homepage. All the links to these podcasts are on my Twitter at YankeesWFAN. You can go to your traditional podcast platforms and subscribe to WFAN On Demand, and you'll get these delivered, my reports and Ed Coleman's reports from Mets Spring Training as well. Thank you all for listening. I'm Sweeney Murdy. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever or... I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates – Price and coverage match limited by state law.